mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Synonauts! Hey, this is Ian. And this is Catcher. And welcome to another episode of Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. Once again, our, our summer without boom soldiers on ever so uh, grudgingly uh, as we wrap up our exploration of Manila in the Claws of Light with, of course, everyone's guest, Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, and this week, we are joined by great dear friend of the show, co-host of Into the Meepleverse and a tape deck pod called Film Hags that does allegedly still exist. Maggie Shanahan. Maggie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a guest on this podcast. We're very excited to have you here, mostly because when we discussed doing this as an episode and Boom was like, well, I'm not going to be here to talk about it. She basically was a meeting like, Maggie will talk about this movie, <laughs> but with, without any context. Uh, so I'm very curious as to see Honestly, where this conversation I've never takes spoken us. to her about it, but I'm sure she knows that I have Star Wars opinions in general. Also, <laughs> this is the this guest appearance means that all of the Synonauts have been on film hags and all of the film hags have been on Synonauts. So Hello. now it's time. Wait, have I been on film hags? Yes, moderating, of course. Oh yeah, How that's right. Duh. So I, no, no. I was thinking like over the uh, the thirst movies or whatever right. it was, or the the movies burn in my brain. The specific, yes. No, yes. but you're you're on the most iconic episode though. That's true. <laughs> uh, 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 an episode that haunts the VHS village to this yes. day, uh, and the reputation of Film Hags fans everywhere. Talk to us, Maggie. How have you been? Film Hags has been on a quote unquote brief hiatus, as yes. they say in the biz. Um, but what, what you've been up to? How's meeple versing? Are you still um, meeple versing? I'm, right? I'm on a meeple verse hiatus as well. Both my pods are on okay. a little break. Um, but no, I've, I've been, I've been good. I've been, well, we've been talking a lot about starting up film hags again. And we've had like three different <laughs> ideas for what we're going to do, but I think we're <laughs> set on what we're doing for our next season. It has been teased. I think people probably know what we're doing. Um, but I'll leave it for a little bit more suspense. Mm. And I think that's, we're probably going to start recording that realistically at the end of the summer because everyone's got a pretty busy summer. So even though we said uh -huh. February, um, we meant end of the summer. Yeah. Time <laughs> is a man-made construct anyway. It's irrelevant. You know, February can mean whatever mm -hmm. you want to whoever you want. That's what I think. Is it February in your hearts? Then <laughs> yeah. that's enough. Catcher, how is uh, restaurant yeah. fake island life? How is restaurant fake island life? It's crazy. We had like, I think our mm -hmm. craziest week ever. Every week seems to be the craziest week we've had. So, mm -hmm. which is good. It just means we're busy and serving a lot of people great food. And our, we're getting a lot of really good reviews, positive feedback. Like, it's really good. But it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's running a restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy. It's really crazy. Like, everything in a restaurant is designed to kill you. I found out. So go on. It's like it's oh. either hot or wet or electrical. You know, yeah. it's just madness. So um, are you is the restaurant open right now? It is. I mean, not at this very Who's moment. Who's running it? Oh, OK. No, no. 
what Tuesday and Wednesdays were closed. Thank God. Oh, okay. Otherwise, we'd we'd be yeah. dead already. I think. Can you give us an update on <laughs> Boom? Boom is living her mm. best life right now. She had uh, well, the, the this is hilarious. So my brother uh, is notoriously cheap, and so has been stealing. Not stealing. He's been using the internet from the people mm-hmm. who live below him, um, but they've been partying so much that they've since cha- changed the password on the Wi-Fi. So they didn't have Wi-Fi for like a, a week, which was fine, except Boom showed up and she has to work from home. Wait, wait so, they, they've, they've, who has been partying? My brother and his fiance. Got it. So they got cut off. They as got a result cut off. Of the partying. But what, why was, why would partying cut you off? Like, they're punishing them yeah for raging too hard yeah, oh yes oh, yeah, yeah. okay um mm. well at least that's what we assume because it's just was working one day and then it stopped working like two days before boom showed up so yeah definitely so, what happened so um they basically now got it all set up for boom and so their internet now at their house is even better than mine here as you both now are are well aware of uh so i'm kind of jealous that's a low I bar. To, I need to switch houses, <laughs> yeah. maybe, and go live over there with their super fast blazing <laughs> internet. Yeah, why don't you force Boom, who needs the internet to work, to switch with you uh, for right. your once a week podcast? Thanks, Ian. I, I think appreciate that's a you trade. understanding and seeing yeah. things from my side. You I let will. her know I said that. <laughs> I will let her know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she's doing great, and we went uh, we went shopping today. We went to a farmer's market. She bought some goodies. Some nectarines. She's very excited. She's enjoying it. But she does miss the city. We both do. Have you watched anything going on your letterbox? I haven't seen any action on there. It's just, just Love Island. Love Island. It was great. Actually, now that Boom's here, we've had a real chance to like dig into the tea and just just express our mm-hmm. feelings about what's been going on. So that's been exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the American Love Island just started. So this is also great news. Um is it also like 80 episodes? No, they have a, a smaller, shorter schedule, and they only go, I think, three times a week, where Love Island UK is like five or six, six days yeah. a week. So, yeah, right. That's so it much content. Lot. It is a lot. Too much. Too um, much. Yeah, so I didn't, really, I didn't really watch anything this week, which is unfor- other than Love Island, so that's kind of been... But it's been nice, because it's meant I've been sleeping. I tried watching Lightyear. Nice. <laughs> Meh. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And I tried. Mm. I tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's it, really. That's all I've really tried to watch. It's just that. It's and it's fine. But. Uh, Maggie, I so rudely skipped over your letterbox uh, and asking you what you had been watching lately. But looking at your letterbox, I'm not is, super active on there. You're not super active on there, but when you are active, it is hilarious. Oh, uh, well, thank you. That's it's why e- it's like I got to make sure I have a, a zinger if I'm gonna. <laughs> Lock it in. But I did watch, I actually watched, I think, maybe the most devastating double feature of all time uh-huh. the other uh-huh. day, uh-huh. which was um, Schindler's oh. List, <laughs> followed immediately by Manila in the Claws of Light. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. How, how do you feel about <laughs> humanity? Uh, it was it was a bleak five yeah. hours. My dad, like, really, I was at my parents, and he really wanted, well, we watched... Um, we watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire okay. the night before. Okay. Just because nice my, da- my dad likes to watch. He's always like, I like to watch a movie a night, like as if it's something that's good for him. And yeah, of it course, is good for him. Because um, Voldemort mm-hmm. is in 
Schindler's, Schindler's List, List. Yeah. playing himself. And he, <laughs> um, anyway, so my dad was like, yeah, let's, let's watch Schindler's List the next day. And I knew at the time, I'd never seen it before. <laughs> and I knew I wanted to watch Manila in the Claws of Light after whatever we watched by myself because I, my dad doesn't like movies with subtitles. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like prepared, like, okay, I feel like this is going to be a kind of devastating double feature. And it absolutely <laughs> was. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best part about your dad's logic of I want to watch another movie with Ray Fiennes is that he could have gone a whole bunch of different routes. Yes. To avoid Schindler's List. He could have done um, uh, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. He could have done Made in Manhattan. The English patient, <laughs> lots of lots of other options, but he went for he really went for the gut punch there. Well, he I found pre- out that I'd never seen it, uh, and, and was he was like, "Oh, well, like you've got to be really emotionally prepared for it. Like, be, make sure you're in like a good mindset when you watch it." And then the next day, he was like, "So we're watching Schindler's List tonight, right?" And I was like, "I yeah. guess so." It's a great movie, though. I I, it, I love that movie. It was really it was it was devastating and and jarring, but it was it was great. Yeah, and can say the same of uh, Manila as well. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you watching Manila and the Cause of Light because uh, that is a movie we're talking about in correlation to Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, but before I get to that, on my end, real quick, I watched Jurassic World Dominion. Was it good? No, but was it awful? Also, no. <laughs> uh, did you two watch it, Mackie? No. Did you watch it? Is that the, that's like the most recent one that came out, Yeah, right? yeah. It's like... I mean, the movie opens up with um, a now this, like fake now this Facebook yes. story, like explaining why dinosaurs are all over the earth. And at that point, I'm like, okay, this is, they're exposing their whole hand here. Like, if you're taking this movie seriously after this, come on. It's just, about, <laughs> it's just about dinosaurs running around. There are like, there are some pretty bad moments in it, but overall mm. it was fun. The, la- the last half of the movie was pretty good. The first half was not good. Okay, but that's interesting because I, I tried, I started watching it and mm-hmm. then I stopped watching it. I was like, I can't. This is yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Because like the movie is so was clearly written to be two different movies. And they were like, fuck it, put it in one. And they just should have made it like one movie or the other. So when the when the paths merge, it gets mm. cleaner. But up until then, you're literally just watching two different movies like happening <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Which is weird. That explains a lot. Uh, and then I yeah, and then I watched uh, the unbearable weight of massive oh, talent, and? the Nick Cage movie. Way better. How was that? Way better than I thought it was going to be. Like I had, I like tempered hopes because I was like, okay, like Nick Cage, like everyone loves Nick Cage, like you know, blah blah blah. But uh, it was it was great. And Pedro Pascal needs to do more comedies because that that guy's super funny. He needs to ditch Mandalorian and do better things. Um, I'm glad that that movie was good. Yeah, I kind I, of feel I enjoyed bad it. for Nicolas Cage because, I mean, obviously he's still like super rich, whatever. I don't actually feel bad for him, but I feel like he has like, he probably feels weird about his career because he's kind of a joke. He's He's been on a little renaissance yeah, though lately. Like, let's see, films by release date. I mean, that, Pig, people loved. I like Pig uh, too. Col- space um, and Color, Color and Space, something. Color, col- color Out of Space. He was in Spider-Verse. He's a uh, Mandy. He's been a, uh, more and more good ones lately. Was but that yes. Wally's Wonderland? Worth the watch. It's it's pretty good. It's very it's like it's just meta enough to where it's not annoying. Like mm. they ba- they found that balance mm. like really really well, which I yeah. think is pretty hard to do. Um, uh, yeah, 
Anything else? Shall we get into? Uh, Let's get into oh, it. Yeah. Let's get into it. Maggie, Maggie's <laughs> drooling all over her, her mic right now, trying to get into this. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, Solo, a Star Wars story for those who have not seen it or heard of it. Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters the notorious gan- gambler Lando Calrissian. Not gonna lie, that's not a very good description, Letterbox. They're usually pretty good about it. That was not my favorite. No, it is actually good because that's pretty much exactly yeah. what Jesus. the movie is. Here we go. Okay. A okay. bunch of escapades. Uh, and then some, some lists who are on, some lists that Solo, a Star Wars story, is featured on. Uh, some funny ones I saw. This is a movie. Movies from Hideo Kojima's Twitter. Oh, amazing. Um, he tweet pretty good. Uh, movies made movies made this decade that people in the year 2000 wouldn't believe you about if you traveled back in time <laughs> and put everything in context. I think I love these. Very two. good one. Uh, is it on the yeah. nothing really uh, happens just vibes list or not? Not this time. No, it, it oh, is not on the vibes list, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think those are pretty much the best ones. Everything else is mostly about like the, the, the poster art. Oh, here's one. Dude bro films that are actually gay rom-coms. <laughs> okay, mm. I'll let that one go. Now that we've done that, let's uh, hop into our time machines. <gasps> and uh, travel back to 2012. Uh, 2012... Uh, a, a fella, a chap named George Lucas thought, hey, I made millions and millions of dollars off of the original Star Wars prequels. I'm going to big brain this bad boy and do more like origin story prequels. Uh, and so he, he, he wanted to do a story about Han Solo, obviously, of the, of the Star Wars uh, franchise. And he actually got um, Lawrence Kasdan to write the screenplay. And Lawrence Kasdan directed uh, Empire Strikes Back. I actually never knew... I knew he directed Empire Strikes Back, but uh, I did not know that he uh, also wrote Solo, a Star Wars story. So he did that. Um, obviously, that was put on hold because then Disney was just like, you know what? We're just going to do a whole new sequel trilogy. So that was on a break. Uh, the sequel trilogies came out. And then um, around 2016, 2017, they actually started filming Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, the thing with Solo is that there was a lot of drama behind the production of it. Um, the original directors were uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the, the, the pair of brains behind um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, however, citing creative differences, they were fired uh, in June of 2017 with like 30% of the film done. And then Disney brought in Ron Howard to finish out the film. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the movie cast... Um, Alden Ehrenreich as a young Han Solo. Um, I have always said that whoever is going to take that job is going to have the hardest job in Hollywood because no one will ever appease anyone in that kind of role uh, <clears throat> to play Han Solo. Um, lots of stories about him and shooting that, which we'll probably get to later. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Emilio Clark, plus uh, Donald Glover as a young Lando Calrissian, Tandaway Newton, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, Paul Bettany all, all star in the film as well. Um, <clears throat> so the movie came out. Oh, sorry, the movie was budgeted $275 million. Uh, it came out into what is called a quote-unquote bomb, uh, only grossing $393 million. So we live in this sicko world where you can make $112 million in profits and you still 
are considered a flop, uh, which is all sorts of hilarious and sad in every many ways. Um, and so, you know, there was a whole trilogy planned behind this, or at least a sequel, obviously based on this movie. All that got scrapped. Alden Ehrenreich's uh, poor sacrificial lamb body was dragged <laughs> through the mud. Uh, and now we are here covering this film. Um, I have said this before on here. I am a solo truther. I actually think it's quite good and is maligned uh, unfairly among film Twitter uh, and, and, and uh, Star Wars fans. Uh, Catcher has previously said he hated the film. However, we're not sure where he lands now. Maggie is the X factor. Um, so I do want to start off with two things. Maggie, A, what is your background just with Star Wars in general? Does it have to be too detailed? And then two high level thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so <clears throat> thoughts on Star Wars in general. I would say I'm someone who really likes Star Wars, but I don't mm -hmm. want to say I'm an expert because there's a lot of people out there that like have Han Solo like back tattoos and I don't want them to like come at me. If or I bicep don't tattoos. I have a Millennium Falcon tattoo. Oh my God. Okay. You're... you're <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm, I'm never one to go after people. No, I'm never one to go after people. Please. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've like, I love star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah. I used to have like a life-size cutout of like Anakin Skywalker, like in my home and Young um, Anakin or Hayden Christian, Anakin. Hayden Christensen, Anakin. <laughs> I love the prequels. I'm like a prequels. I'm not sure there was a right um, answer to that, but question like is it a young kid or <laughs> yeah, is it Hayden Christensen? It's like, I'm not sure either one of those are appropriate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christian's appropriate. Um, anyway, so uh and okay. My like solo story is my solo Star Wars story mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. that um so Force Awakens comes out. Yep. Amazing. See it mm -hmm. multiple times in theater, love it so much. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, next mm -hmm. year, Rogue One comes out, and I love that even more. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, like boy. a huge Rogue One is like one of my top three faves. <laughs> Here it comes. Last Jedi comes out. I also love The Last Jedi. I know yeah. some people aren't so crazy on it, but I loved great. it. I like I think I have it as a five star on mm -hmm, Letterboxd. Mm -hmm. And oh oh Solo boy. comes out. I have crazy high expectations for it. <laughs> and I hate it. I see it on opening <gasps> night, like at midnight. And I hate it. Um, I don't want to say I hate it, but I I agree with you that the like actor who was playing Han had an impossible task. I still didn't like it. I honestly feel like maybe they should have just done like an animated version of this movie and it would have been better. Um, anyway, and then, um, but I only saw that one time. I haven't seen mm -hmm. it since. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually really excited for this because I've heard so many people say like, no, 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 it's actually good. Like I listened to like, I mean, I've read reviews, people really loving it. And uh, I was really excited for this rewatch to think like, okay, maybe if I don't have those high expectations and I just yeah. like watch it as a movie, but no, I really, I honestly like have had such a heart. I've been stressing out about my criterion moment. Cause like, you don't have to have one. I think we've had movies where there are none. I have um, like an anti-criterion moment of like when this guaranteed it would never be put in the criteria. Oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> we'll save that for later. Holy shit. Uh, okay. catch, yes. Catcher, high level, do you have a shift in opinion or have the tables finally turned where it's usually right. me and Boom ganging right. up on Catcher? Uh, have, the, have the tide shifted to where I am being bullied in the, into submission? Okay. Here's where I'm at at the end of watching this movie. It's it's a bad Star Wars movie and a 
in a fine regular movie. Like, it, I was actually like kind of surprised. I was like, oh, mm. this is a movie that moves at a clip and it's not very complicated in terms of the kind of story it's trying to tell. And, you know, it's like everything yep. is working towards the themes or at least my supposed theme. So from that perspective, it's like, it's actually not a bad movie. It's actually like a pretty mm-hmm. good movie. If you can remove the fact that it's a Star Wars movie from it. And I think the if you can somehow watch this movie like in a bubble where hmm. you've never heard of Star Wars and this is just a movie you've seen. I think in a weird way, you'll actually like this movie way more than if you bring the baggage of Star Wars. Because once you bring the baggage of Star Wars, this movie sucks. It sucks so bad. It explains things <laughs> that need absolutely no explanation at all. And it finds it fo- constantly finds ways to be like, <laughs> n- jab you in the stomach to be like, hey, hey, Star Wars. It's like, okay, chill. Like, what are we talking about? Um, but... I think at the end of the day, as a standalone movie that exists on its own, it for the most part works well. Um, and it's a movie about free, like the freedom to live your life on your own terms. And there's like so much of the stuff that happens in this movie that is actually like in a weird way, like props mm. up those ideas. Like even Lando wanting to be with a robot sort of speaks to that. You know what I mean? Like that's freedom to love who you want and to live the life you want. You know, so good for Lando. Was that confirmed? I mean, they just... It kind of seemed like it. Even if I, it's not, the idea yeah. is put into the air. So I like the idea that even it's even put into the air at yeah. all. We gotta talk about that droid. <laughs> it's great. The droid is great. It's like one of the best parts of the movie. I did. Th- I think the droid is like one of my least favorite parts the of the movie. The droid is like not a droid. The droid is just like a human with like a big ass, honestly. Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> the hips on that droid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge also, which is like pretty hilarious to me. I yeah, love that. The, the the droid is is like honestly my least favorite part of the movie. The movie is very long, like probably too long for too long. a a spin-off Star Wars movie. And I think they could have trimmed a lot of the droid content. Uh, L3 I think is her name. Um because it like they could have gotten all the people free from that mine a million different ways instead of wasting all this time with like the droid like wanting to need the three other droids and other people for like little to no payoff um it's for the themes of the movie and other aside from calling him the the, the worst name origin yes. scene in probably uh-huh. film history aside from that i there's zero defense of how that even i can't even believe that made multiple edit passes on both the script shooting it and the edit uh, what else is I? Because I've heard like this movie overexplains things for Star Wars. Like I've I've seen a lot of people say that. Like Maggie, for you, like what are some things that it overexplains that you think like didn't have to be there or really like doesn't matter? Because to me, honestly, like that's really the only one that I was, that I was like this does not need to happen. Thank you for asking again. Um, <laughs> so the, there was like a few. I have a list of things oh, that boy. I like really were moments Grievances. that I was like this is awful and like obviously fan like it was so incredibly corny which is like classic star wars all star wars movies are corny but i don't know why this one it just like didn't land Mm. and the moments were like obviously you need some fan service moments of course like it's like honestly i found this more fan servicey than end game which is saying a lot (laughs) anyway but the um 
the moment where he goes, I hate you, where, sorry, where Lando goes, I hate you, and Han goes, I know. Uh, I hated okay. that. Okay. And um, when Chewbacca introduces himself and he's like, we're going to need a nickname yeah. for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like that could have just been his nickname. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, when he goes, and this one, honestly, if they were to keep one, I would keep this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he goes, I've got a great feeling about this. I didn't hate okay. that one as much as everything else. Um, but yeah, those were like some of the moments where I was like, are you like, these are just <laughs> bad. So yes. catcher, any, uh, anything you'd like I'm to add to that I'm not sure that there's like, it's not necessarily that it's too like, um, it's not that it has to give an origin though. Like the idea that we need to give an origin for his blaster is absolutely absurd. It's just a gun. Like you can get those guns anywhere. I mean, I assume from anywhere. Why do we need to give that? Also, like this whole like Disney like re uh, appraisal of the dice and their obsession with the dice is just like I want to die. Like, like what? So that's that's another one. I I don't think is the dice that egregious. It's in like okay. three shots. Again, so I'll say it this way. I'll, no, they, hold on. They so really I'll say it from this way. It. It, again, as a movie <laughs> on its own, the dice in this movie are fine because it's like a symbol of like their relationship, and she mm. gives it back to him, and it's a thing. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But like this, in conjunction with Last Jedi, and it being like we gotta make an emotion emotional beats about the dice. It's like no one even knew the dice existed until Last Jedi. Okay, like we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. We're not doing yeah. this. So that's my, okay. Like, so really, what so- it comes down to is it's not like necessarily specific things that need origins. It's more just about like the winking and the nudging, and like we gotta do a we gotta play a certain. Uh, piece of score you know so that we know that this is emotional and it's like attached to this thing or it's like bringing in Darth Maul or it's like having to give explanations for why the Millennium Falcon is different you know it's just like I just just chill just chill it's it's a movie it's not like a, but you know is it a movie no it's not it's a thing that sells toys and merchandise and more content and stuff so it's like I mean, but yeah. I think I actually, but the movie itself is so, good. Like in terms of, I don't, it's long, no. it's long <laughs> and you could cut out one of two heists, like just pick one of the heists, but you know, the, pick none okay. of them. None of the heists. What? No, the oh train heist God. sequence. Okay, hold on. I hate hold the, the, the train amazing. heist. I hate. We're going to come back to the train heist. The train yes. heist is fucking incredible. Okay, We're going to get back to that in a second. But on on Maggie's your call out of like the I uh, I have a great feeling about this corny, and you did say this is on your you could let it slide list. But for me, the reason I like I don't like love that line, but the reason I like kind of like okay I get it is like this whole movie is about how Han Solo was once this like chippy chipper like optimist like ready to take on the world. Uh, uh, and like, you know, never feeling like he ever has to like be like on his own. And the whole movie is just a complete downfall of his entire existence of what he once was like, you know, he, he loses his, like, he, he loses like someone who was like, he kind of thought could have been some sort of like, you know, mentor to him. He loses his girl who he signs, which he fully simps and signs up for the military for three years to try and get back to her. That's kind of on him. 
uh, <clears throat> but you know, he loses his girl who he tries to get to again. He only, he, his only friend in the world is like this Wookiee who, you know, I, that's not, that's mean to Wookiees. I'm sorry. You know, but like the whole movie is just about, you know, him falling down this hole into making him the scoundrel, uh, that we all sort of like knew, you know, and like the way the movie ends, it's so fucking depressing. Like it's just him being sad because Kira flies away from him and that's it. He didn't like he has seem nothing. that bummed. He did. He seems bummed. I don't know. He seems bummed. He... It's, I don't think it's interesting though. Cause I kind of feel like I'm kind of with you, Ian, but at the same time, I'm kind of like not with you in that. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't really change. I think the idea is that like, he's always been this way. Like, he's a, a softy with a hard exterior you know like he's he's sort of always trying like he's always kinder than he like uh externally projects which was always the case in the original star wars like he was this like scoundrel dude but he actually cared like that's always been his personality because mm. i was thinking along i was thinking yeah, along, i was thinking along the lines of that Feeling, I was like, oh, this is uh, this is a movie that shows like he was happy, you know, happy-go-lucky guy, and then sort of the criminal world hardens him. But it's like he shoots what's his name at the end, so it's like he's because he had to. That was him being yeah, hardened. Yeah, but I feel like that's the crux yeah, of his that, hardness. Yeah, I see that. I yeah, you know what? Yes, maybe I do flip back on that then because I was like, wow, that's a, yeah. that's an actually a, okay. a fascinating like moment in the movie that he does that where it's like Han is shooting first. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, right. Like, wink, right. nudge, nudge. But right. it doesn't suck also, like the other ones do. It is cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about these things. So, the, so the film is basically set up as like three heists. It is. This is essentially a heist movie. Like that's what it is. Uh, in the Star Wars land, Maggie has already said she can do with no heists. Just make the movie an hour long, fucking. <laughs> made for TV show and call it, call it a day. I and catcher. It seems like I, that first heist yeah. fucking rocks. I, you really don't like that. That first train heist. It's that was good. so good. I have like a few problems with it. Like one is kind okay. of just like the score. I wasn't into at that point. There was kind of like Ooh. a choir in the background. I feel like they were trying to like set up the theme for the, these pirates the or whatever. Yeah, they, I don't know like what kids. they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're like so, marauders. Yeah, but honestly, it was kind of like, I don't know if like, I don't know, it reminded me of like a Lord of the Rings, like Bridge of Khazad Doom, like, like wrong time for like a choir in the background. I wasn't into the mm. score at that time. Okay. okay. I also just thought that like, uh, what's the character, the, uh, the, the wife or Val. the girlfriend of Tanduay um, Newton. Yes. So I really love her. I really love that actress. I was like so excited that she's in it. Um, mm -hmm. but I thought her death was so unnecessary. It's like, this is like, like, that doesn't really seem like the kind of like smuggler underground way to go is to be like, I'm just going to sacrifice, sacrifice myself for this one random job. It just sort of like that seemed like so insignificant and kind of like, okay, not worth it at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, and just in general, those like the, the rebels, which who are later revealed to be the rebels, um, mm -hmm. I kind of felt like a twist that was like written later on. Like they wrote that heist scene first and then they decided they were going to be the rebels. Cause like, 
I don't think those rebels would have acted in the way that they did during the train heist. I, I've looked up some things that like who filmed what part of the film, but everything is so hearsay. It's hard to like actually figure out like what happened other than like some casting changes were made and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But that, that could actually could have been the case. That yeah. They just completely changed that. I think that, <laughs> that wouldn't, that's possible. Catcher in defense of the. Um, train heist. Well, I, I think this is like, this is like a Western. Right. So the yeah. vibes of this movie yeah. are like a Western. So in that way, it's like you need a train heist because it's a Western, you know? Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's mm-hmm. sort of like thematically correct. And I just think it it's good. I, I think the biggest thing that the, the thing that kind of bummed me out the most about it is this amazing scene happens like 20 minutes into a two and a half hour movie. It's just like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> Why not save this? Why not have this be the heist at the end? You know, like to me, mm. you don't need more than one heist. You just need one. That's the point of a heist. It's like very dramatic and like very, I don't know. It's just you could have gained lessons that like that sequence provides our main character, you know, like the, I don't know, like, what does he even learn in that sequence, you know? But it's fun and it's exciting. Like, mm. the actual train heist itself is great. And it's just like, um, we're just going to have this a great sequence right at the beginning and then still have another, yeah, like an hour and a half to go. It's, like, crazy. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It just, like, it keeps you on the edge. Like, the um, is it Rio who's flying? He's, like, one of the partners on the heist, and he gets shot, and it's, like, everyone's yeah. running around, and, like, it feels like a bunch of people um like out of their depths is that is that how that works yeah right and mm. it feels like that like every second they're just barely escaping which which is great yeah. like that's the kind of vibe you want for yeah. a movie like this with characters like this i Especially like that like, character oh sorry i like the pilot yeah. character yeah. that's all yeah. i want to say <laughs> I like yeah that. and i love the last thing he says to to, to han he's like hey you're right like you mm. don't want to die alone yeah i thought like that's great that's I think, you know, that, that's a cool line. But the um, I just think like the mechanics of the train height, like the actual train, mm. I think is badass. Like, it's cool. That is a yeah. very fucking cool design. And as I was watching this um, right after like a day after watching Jurassic Park Dominion, which came out uh, fucking six years, eight, uh, f- four, four years after this film, this movie looks about a million times better. Than Jurassic World Dominion. Oh. I don't understand how in four years, whatever they did in Jurassic World Dominion actually like took multiple mm. steps backwards. Like especially the pilot guy, um, all the CG just looks like great in Solo, especially compared to Dominion. That was like one of my thoughts there. Um, but yeah, I, I, the high scene like with with um, Val, I think, like yeah. Val's death, it sets up you know the thing with 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 Beckett and how Beckett is really like on his own now you know like he it sets up why he would betray uh 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 han later and all that sort of stuff you know it sets up the the alien driver guy who was on han's side he dies so it just like kind of whittles away the pieces so that's that's also why i I thought it was cool also like you said it kind of sets up or like catcher said it sets up that like they really aren't pros like they're gonna Mm -hmm. fuck up again in this at some point but you know, that's just, that's just what I thought. <laughs> um, he doesn't know what to do. Another scene I really liked, and then we'll flip it back to you guys. Uh, the 
the Kessel Run scene mm-hmm. where they're in the Maw. The Kessel Run scene, like the actual breakout where they're like in the mines, probably like 20 minutes too long. I didn't really care. Also, how fucking ugly were the other Wookiees, not Chewbacca? It literally looked like they just went to, they just went in like the Disney like costume shop. It's like, yeah, this one works because it didn't look like a Wookiee. It looked like like a Planet of the Apes monkey, but that's besides the point. Um, but when they're like, get through the Kessel Run and they're in that maw, that's badass. Where they have like the gravitational pull and then the octopus and then the the falcon just trying to fight it like that's it looked great it looked awesome maggie has that on her hate list the way she's looking <laughs> yeah I, I didn't i didn't dig that scene oh at all um i thought the, the monster was like okay there's just like a space monster right yeah they're I, in space <laughs> we're in a world of laser swords and little green dudes who can pull yeah. things out of the sky we okay. can have space octopi. Okay, yeah, there can okay. be. Sp- you're right. You're right. It's like we can have ridiculous things like that. Sure. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't honestly. I don't want to say my biggest like problem with that scene. Okay. Save that. But here, here's Save what it. I okay. will say about Save that. It. Okay. Uh, it is weird that you just have an organism in space on its own. That's weird. I'm with you on that, Maggie. But you let it go because it's a fantasy. The thing that kind of <laughs> bugs me the most is like, isn't that just a rip? Isn't this just like a rip off of the? scene in empire or is it in last jedi well no because that was on an With actual the space slug are you talking yeah about, you know but that was on an actual planet that was whatever it's the same it's the same it's the same but difference. that made more well, sense yes that's what it's fine it makes more the original version makes more sense but it's like so han's life is just like escaping s- s- invisible space creatures i love this idea like this is he's he's yeah. constantly running into these problems which is very interesting Yeah. He knows what yeah. to do. Okay. Matt, you, Matt, you try being the greatest smuggler in all the galaxy. <laughs> uh, in that scene, I do want to shout out, and I feel like this could be on Maggie's least favorite parts about the scene. <laughs> I really love the scene. They're flying through, and there are TIE fighters chasing after them. At one point, Han kind of like spins the Falcon right and like slaps a TIE fighter out of the way. Awesome. But that's like... I did have a question about this, though. A ping pong ball that would do some damage to the Millennium Falcon. That was that's. I actually forgot to write that down, but that would is absolutely when that happened. I was like, okay, you can't just like (laughs) slap a little Tie Fighter away. Like there would be some sort of collision there. Okay, here's here's my issue. Uh, My question, not an issue. My question. Again, I understand this is a fantasy movie. Yes, but I love the idea that like they have these. It's like the un. synthesized like material right they have in the canisters coaxium which they then mm. like store in the bottom of the ship in like the stowaway contain like the storage containers under the floor right and they're very fragile mm. and they could explode at any moment and yet han's like doing loop-de-loops and spinning around and i'm like what is what is the yes. what is the physics in the star wars with regards to like gravity in spaceships like <laughs> You can just do a loop-de-loop, and all you do is, like, flip the camera. Like, the like the image itself gets flipped upside down, but, like, nothing else, like, with regards to gravity is affected. I think that's hilarious. But I'm not going to, like, knock the movie for that. I mean, they probably... It's fantasy. I'm fine with that. I don't they need have, it. They have no, the stuff Ian, figured Ian, out. They no, no, know no, things no, are no, being no. transferred around. You're only digging yourself yeah. a hole if you try and explain it. It's not. It's just fantasy, and you don't have to explain it. And don't don't let the internet trolls make you feel like you do. You don't have to. It's just a movie. But I just think it's funny to think about. 
before we get to our categories, we've actually have not really talked about oh, Han good, himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> other than the, the high level things we had talked about in the beginning. Uh, Maggie, thoughts? On Han? I yeah. mean, like, obviously it was really difficult to play Han Solo. He's such an iconic character. I didn't, I didn't like him. I didn't find him likable, but yeah. I didn't really find any of the characters likable. I didn't find it like, mm. they didn't make me care about the characters. There was no like real mm. development. Even like Amelia Clark's betrayal, I was like, okay. Like there was no buildup to that other than random other characters being like, don't trust her. But there was no actual buildup to that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And like, even him, like, I just like, didn't really care about any of the characters and not to compare it to Rogue One, but I feel like it was like, directly it was the first like one-off story after rogue one yeah i feel like rogue one did a really good job of making you care about the characters and the bigger picture and solo Mm. just like i didn't feel that and i really didn't feel it from han i i didn't like i didn't like the han i actually liked him as han solo which is weird to say i guess maybe i don't have the same sort of like emotional like childhood connection to Han Solo that like a lot of other people do. So like, I'm not as precious about it, but like there are moments and like little things that he does where I'm like, Oh, he's doing it. Like he's capturing, he's capturing Han mm-hmm. Solo a bit. Like I, I kind of like this, like so maybe is like a shrug here or like a, just a little bo- small body movements or the way he says something every once in a mm-hmm. while just kind of feels like, uh, like not as good i think as chris pine as kirk like in star trek like, i think he does a much better mm. version of that same character in a new way um this just feels like it, it it doesn't hit the same like highs as that does but in the same way mm. i think it captures its essence without it being sort of like parody or um like a straight impression mm. he he embodies yeah. the energy a little bit more which i like yeah, I, I liked him a lot as it. I mean, he, he wasn't perfect, but again, like no one's only a psycho would ever take this job. I think like you are just asking to be dragged across the dirt for yeah. the rest of your career, no, no matter what. Like this could have been Timothy Chalamet and people would have said this is garbage. <laughs> yeah. You know, like really, like I think he had he had almost like a zero percent chance to have any sort of overall public approval. I, th- I thought he was really good. I agree with Catcher. There's like a lot of small mannerisms that I think he caught onto really nicely. Like the way he yelled, I think he, he nailed a lot of the times. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I like the characters. Like I thought Kira is great. Uh, I thought uh, Dryden Voss was really cool. He also mm. dressed really well. Mm, I liked him. Um, the, like for me, what, and what I said and what I will continue to believe for ever and ever and ever uh, and I think someone else, I think Catcher also dragged Darth Maul at one point. Like, to me, I thought Kira was set up great, and it is such a loss in my heart that we are not going to get a sequel to this movie because they set up Kira really well for a second movie. They set up fucking Darth Maul, which is awesome, and I think we would have had, like, a, a Han Solo Kira, like, showdown, and that would have been the arc that could have led him into, like, his like life alone with yeah maybe that would have made this whole thing better but it would yeah Yeah. you know and so i think Mm. rogue one benefits and i'm not defending i'm not defending the writing of rogue one (laughs) compared to to solo but rogue one benefits because they knew they had to get everything in Mm. in one disney for for 
right or wrong reasons, assumed they were going to be getting another or like two or one or two more films to wrap up the story behind it. But obviously that that Mm. didn't happen. So I feel like the way it ended, I was like really eager to be like, oh shit, like where's this going? Like fucking Han just got ditched. He just killed like his mentor. His girl just left him after like backstabbing him twice within the the final (laughs) 10 minutes of the movie, which is questionable in, in a lot of ways. And then we get Darth Maul. Like for me, all that stuff like led into something really cool. Um, that I I feel like it's a, it's going to be a great what if. Like what if we oh, got God, solo? No, too? no, know, no, still solo. No, no, still no. solo. <laughs> no, I think this is great. This is perfect. Like, you know what he's going? Okay, what's he going to do? He's leaving to go to Tatooine to take on that job, and then he's yep. going to get into debt, and then we get Star Wars. To take on that job, right. Bud the Hut. That's right. Um, Thank you. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I got to change the artwork now. I'm just going to write that. That's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think like... Also, uh, I feel like we should talk about... Oh, sorry. Go. No, I was just going to say like I, I, it sets them all up perfectly. And, and like to, we know where things are going to go from here. Like other than Kira, which is like, okay, she's now just going to be part of some shady organization like she's part of a shady organization that's working with Darth Maul which is like what does that even mean like that's a fine sequence for uh, like a post-credit sequence that is not a scene that you put in the middle of the ending of a movie it's like who is this guy it sets up the sequel I guess who is I guess so I guess that's why I guess that makes sense. Then if there was going to be a sequel, then that's what it would be like. But it's like, what are we even talking about? It's like, just have her take the ring and that's enough. Even with that scene, I didn't feel the need for a sequel. I just thought, okay, I guess she's like going to be bad now. Agreed. Agreed. It's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, but I feel like we should talk about Donald Glover. Did you guys oh, yeah, like Donald uh, Glover let's, let's as talk Lando? About yeah. Snack man himself. Please. Yeah. I actually yeah. thought he did yes. a good job. Like Overall. I liked him as Lando. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I feel like he had a bad like script, but I still enjoyed his scenes. Like I enjoyed his little like random like recording of his like, I don't know, like fanfic of him in L3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like I liked the the. I liked the scenes of him playing that like pokerish game. Although I don't Sabak. know who was in charge of coming up with like the words for this movie, but I thought they did a bad job. Why? Like I don't know when <laughs> when Beckett's like, oh you you'll you'll see me retiring and playing the like Vela Perusa, <laughs> and then like and then Han's like, oh I bet you thought this. I got a full, a full slow blab, and it's like <laughs> who came up with these? Like couldn't you have done better? <laughs> yeah i believed it not great uh i drank the kool-aid yeah. on it yeah I, I i like donald glover a lot he was great uh i mean he really embodied billy d williams as lando i also like that they made him kind of like and this could just be me being looking too deep into it but i like that he just kind of you know he was very like uh uh like metro and very like fluid with his you know, just like the way he kind of lives his life. Like, he, you know, they made him, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I mean? Like, he's, um, 100%. He, he's All a scoundrel, capes. but 
Yeah, all those capes, exactly. The way he is with like, and even the way like when Kira's walking up to him, like they like fully are like, she, she, she like makes a dick joke, right. like essentially like leaning into the sequence. And so I really like the way how they make him like sort of this like sex icon, which you don't really see in Star Wars or, or Disney movies in general. And then it's not that he's just like this like macho man sex icon. He's like this like, you know, very uh, effeminate, um, very in touch with his feminine side kind of guy. And I, I think that's... But then that's, also that's kind of a scene. little bit of a loser, yeah. which is nice too. Like he is sort of... Right. Like his bravado is this sort of protective shell over this dude who's clearly mm. like super insecure and is, I guess, in a process of like faking it till he makes it kind of thing. Which I kind of mm-hmm. like. It's not as... Um, he's a little bit more like complex, I guess. Or, you know, yeah. then the, maybe not actually. The original one, they give him some complexity, I guess, actually. Like his. Yeah, yeah, because he, he betrays Han. And Han. I love that, actually. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's yeah. Han. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. So this is yeah. like an answer for every like college room argument that and... ever happened for the last like 50 years. It's like, don't worry, we're going <laughs> to set it straight right now. It's Han. <laughs> The best part about that is that right before, and I never, I've never caught that until I've watched it this time, is that he goes, it's Sabak. Yeah. And uh, Lando says it's Sabak. And then Han says, oh, I know how to play yes, Sabak. Yeah, he says it wrong. Which is the opposite of Han and Han. And they both, so they both correct each other on the pronunciation of the A within Sabak and Han, which I thought oh, I was never noticed funny. that. I love it now. Yeah. Movie's good. Yeah, there you go. See? Move that part <laughs> off the list. Move it to the next line, the other part yeah. of the list. <laughs> Um, anything else before we get oh, to yes, our categories? Yes. <laughs> Maggie's uh, like, where do I begin? <laughs> did Han Solo is the initial bankroller of the rebellion as a child? Is that what happened? No, he just helped out. The, he just gave them some. Well, no, it's not supplies. It's money. I see what you mean, though. He gives them all that stuff to trade in for, yeah. for money. And she goes, what this is going to be used for is the rebellion. It's like, oh. so he's bankrolling the rebellion. Is that what's going on? This is amazing. He didn't even know. I wouldn't say bankroll. I don't know. It he, seemed like a lot of It seemed money. like a lot of money. <laughs> but Thank also, you, Maggie. Like, it's literally never mentioned again. Like, I mean, not... Again, like, obviously this happened after the original trilogy, but, like, this resource is just kind of, like, not actually a thing in any other... Or maybe it is. Maybe this is me showing my hand. Oh, of, like, oh, like coax? Knowing. No. Like, co- the coax, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know offhand. I didn't think about that. He probably, yeah, he donates like a fair amount. $30 million dollars or something. I get it's that. Like, wow. Well, it's all of it. The whole the whole supply, except for like that tiny little vial right. he gets. So it's like, wow, that's a that's right. not a small sum of money. It's like Han Solo yeah. inadvertently is like one of the original and you know angel investors of the rebellion. So congrats to him. Although we never see any of them again, so maybe they just like made off. Maybe this was like all a triple cross. <laughs> they lied about being part of the rebellion. <laughs> um. All right, let's get to our categories. So if you're listening for the first time, we do two categories here on Synodos. The first one is our Criterion moment, which is the scene or sequence in which we think a film would be entered into the Criterion collection or, in Maggie's case, the specific reason why it should never be allowed in which seems like we're going down that route. The second one uh, is that um, we are talking about Solo uh, in relation to the film in the... 
in relation to the film Manila and the Cause of Light, um, we catch our boom and I kind of group think, group thunk, and uh, thought Solo would be a funny movie to talk about in comparison to that. So we'll just talk briefly about how we think they relate, if at all. Um, but let's start with our criterion moment. Who wants to go first? Oh, yeah, I'll go. Get in there. Uh, it's uh, Han, Han shoots first. Mm. It's just like creates the complexity. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like you said, Ian, it's like the moment where um, he succumbs to the realities of the, of the world, the darkness, the difficulties of living on the edge. So, yeah, I love that. I literally, I didn't even understand that he shot him in that moment. I was like, Fast as did someone West. else, like a sniper or something, shoot him? But Chewy. Yeah. Because he's that fast, you know? Yeah. Uh, the funniest part, I, I also like that scene, but there, the, there's like a funniness to that scene because uh, I think like what Maggie said, like wh- half of Woody Harrelson's dialogue to Han is being like, don't trust anyone no one is here to help you and then when han shoots him he's like i told you i was listening and it's like well yeah he's been telling you this shit for the last multiple days like we would hope you would have caught on to this by now and he takes it like as a win for this very obvious thing that was going to happen um either way i I also yeah i also think it's a good scene uh we'll go to me next we'll say we'll save maggie for last uh my criterion moment is that fucking train heist scene Honestly, like it's really good. That's like a top tier heist scene for me. Like across movies. <laughs> I fucking love that heist okay. scene. It gets okay. me jacked. Okay. It's so good. It has all the good pieces of a like you gotta decouple things. You gotta have other people coming in. Like, I don't know. I think it's great. The driver's in danger. And as you're watching that, you know for a fact Han Solo and Chewbacca get out of this life, but you're still kind of like Oh fuck! On like, the edge. Yeah, you're still on the edge of your seat, and that's always good writing. If you if you know a character is gonna make it, and you still feel like this could go horribly wrong, or you still care about how it could go horribly wrong, I think that's good writing. And then yeah, and combine that with a spinny train, that you can understand what's happening as well. Like, yeah, it's never. It's not. Sometimes you can get action sequences that's just a mess, and you have no sort of idea of the geography of what's happening. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. In this, you do, you have a great grasp on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's my criterion moment. Uh, your moment. Okay, so I actually, I did come up with a criterion moment. Okay, but I also want to hear the negative one just for... Yes. Yeah, for so, yeah, for podcasting. Really, it was really hard to think of one because I honestly couldn't find any moment where I was like, oh, that was nice. But the moment was um, when Chewbacca was like, chose not to go with his like tribe mm-hmm. of Wookiees and then he has like this moment where he's like face to face or like Chewbacca to bad mask with that other Wookiee. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was nice. That was like one moment where I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Because well, he um, looks at anti- him and he realizes you're not who I were. He goes, wait a minute. I, you're not <laughs> my cousin. You're not one of me. Yes, exactly. Um no, my anti-criterion moment is like the moment when they're doing the Kessel Run and there's the gravity hole or whatever the hell they called it. And um, Han, sorry, I can't even talk about it without laughing. He's like falling into, like they're, they're getting sucked into it. <laughs> and then um, he releases the escape pod and everyone's like, Han, why? 
And then the monster goes for that and gets like sucked in. And then he goes, that's why, baby. And I think it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. The the baby part is especially is the worst. It's it just feels like, so unnatural. Yeah, it does. It does. I do have to say with that part is like they inject the stuff to get a boost, like a nitrous boost. Yeah. And, and, and it's like. It follows it through. Like Fast and, and you Furious. Think it's gonna, yes, right, right, right. <laughs> and you think it's good. It's like it goes through the whole ship. It goes yeah. through everything. And it's like you think it's going to blow. And then it does this moment where it's like it doesn't work. And they don't get the boost. And then they start falling backwards, which is like, oh, wow, that's great. And then two seconds later, it kicks in. It's like that doesn't make any sense. It like either would have kicked in automatically or it wouldn't have. And just like. Stick with your convictions. Like, have it not work and get yourself out of that narratively. How many times have they pumped to hyperspace and then nothing works at first? That happens at least four yeah. times across the Star Wars movies, but Maggie. Okay, I see what you, Yes, so it's like, it's, it's, it's like canon. a quirk of failure, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, failures of the Millennium Falcon is canon. Maggie. But what I found was more annoying was they had like planned this trajectory tra- trajectory perfectly. Then it yes, fails. Yes. Then they get sucked in. <laughs> Luckily, when it restarts, they're at the exact same trajectory. Yeah. Love it. No, no, no. That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Also, though, like per the Millennium Falcon. Like, often I think the Slave 1 is, like, the sexiest ship ever. But, God, if this movie doesn't remind you, like, how fucking great the, the, the Falcon, Millennium Falcon is, it's is so cool. The it's sickest so cool. ship. There's no question. Yeah. Although, I always think about how much of a pain in the ass that thing must be to fly around. The learning curve on that thing must be ridiculous. That's like, like, like imagine walking through the airport and you have, like, five luggages strapped to your left side. <laughs> And you just have to, and you just have to walk around and try and get around anywhere. It'd be a, it'd be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, like try to back, try to reverse park that thing. It's like yeah, impossible. It'd be no impo- way. Yeah, impossible. Um, second category is uh, how do we think it paired up to Manila and the Closet Light? So thank you, Maggie, for watching this Manila and the Closet Light ahead of this. We said it wasn't a requirement. Everyone, we weren't forcing Maggie into five hours of depression film watching. Uh, this, was, no idea. this was mm. on Maggie's <laughs> own accord. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think we, and the three of us initially selected it because we thought where um, the main character, Manila and the Cause of Light, sort of fell victim to the city, Manila, and like, you know, uh, uh, there were circumstances around his love story and all that sort of stuff. Um, we thought, similarly, Han Solo fell victim to the circumstances of his life and this underground world he never wanted to be a part of. Maggie, thoughts? So, um, I... Did you like Manila in the Closet Light? Oh, yeah. Yes, I really liked cool. it. And I want to say thank you, because, like, at least I got to watch one good movie out of this. <laughs> Am I right? Um, but, no, I yes. really enjoyed Manila in the Closet Light. Um, I... Watched it, obviously, after Schindler's List. I started at, like, midnight, so it was oh super God. late when I was getting towards it, and I was kind of falling asleep, and then the last, like, 15, 20 minutes, yeah. it was like someone dropped, like, a bucket of ice water on me. Yeah. It was, like, so captivating and powerful. Yeah. Um, but I, I really loved it, and uh, I can definitely see the similarities <laughs> with Solo, which feels so crazy to say, but absolutely, there's, like, this... 
theme of like you have to do whatever you can to like survive and there's this like separation with the love interest and like when they meet up again um i mean at least amelia clark's very like you don't know what i've done like mm-hmm. you don't know what's happened in this time apart mm-hmm. and we we also never really get to find that out but um anyway i see like a lot of similarities there so i i honestly think this is a really good pairing <laughs> with manila in the closet light which is like so surprising but it was great <laughs> Uh, I also am very pleasantly surprised because I forget who made the official suggestion. Was it you, Catcher, or was it? Boom? It was me. It was it like was you. halfway through. Halfway through Manila, I was like, "Oh my god, is this solo?" Because <laughs> I also I was had. Like, yeah, I think it's solo. I had the solo thought as I was watching Manila as well, but I just didn't want to pair together. But then when you brought it up, I was like, "Actually, I thought the same thing, so we should do it." Uh, yeah. And I, I agree. Like for everything Maggie said, I, there are shocking similarities between the two films um which is surprising because i don't think manila and the claws of light follows a, a traditional like um story arc that you see often in films like obviously the story of like the character getting eaten by their environment happens a lot but the individual beats of manila and the claws of life kind of follows solo like eerily similar like you said you know like even he the fact that they both have to take on these new jobs that they don't want to do in order to find the girl who they had lost at one point. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these things kind of do line up creepily well. Uh, and like an early death, like at the construction site, yes, right? Is, yeah. With what's her name at the train heist? You know, right. Like, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So lots of similarities there. Um, and I pretty funny. It, it worked out. Uh, yeah. Catcher. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, all the things you said, like, we've said it, I think it's like, it's like shockingly close. Like, I was kind of shook, like, as I was watching it to be like, well, there's a lot of really interesting themes here at play. Ron, Howard, maybe, and maybe he's a fan, you know, maybe uh, Kasdan and Ron Howard are fans of Manila and the Claws of Light, which would be great. Um, But yeah, it's just a more, I think the thing, the difference is, like, Manila leaves you devastated and this movie is just like it's just having fun so there's like less emotional stakes at play but i was devastated both times (laughs) yeah but not you were devastated because you had to watch this movie again not because the movie made you sad (laughs) that's different those are different things (laughs) Uh, but I love it. I and and what's funny is like I think oftentimes we like uh we do this segment where we talk about pairings and like if you if you actually watched the two movies that like we would pair like the movies we pair together it it could oftentimes probably like be a slog mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. we're so often like pairing some serious movies. But what I like about this is you could do Manila and the Claws of Life first in this double bill and then do solo second and just have it be like you'd go for a smoke break get a little high get some popcorn and like come in for this and just leave feeling much lighter than you know and i like that idea yeah and then end with yeah. schindler's list with maggie's dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course for the ultimate exactly the ultimate watch party uh well that was it that was <clears throat> solo a star wars story wrapping up our exploration of manila and the Claws of light um, again, I know Manila and the Claws of Light isn't the most accessible movie, but I do genuinely think anyone who takes the time to watch it, you will get a lot 
out of it. Um, as Maggie said, it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a as we all said, it's a, it's a heavy movie. Um, but I think the payoff is is well worth like the kind of uh, inner <laughs> torment you may be going through as you're watching it. Um, so definitely watch that. Uh, next week we're going to be off because I'm going to be traveling for work unless catcher figures out something, which we might do. Um, and then I think the week after that, we're probably going to do three ninjas with Danny. Got to confirm that. Um, he's at Comic-Con right now, so it may be hard to solidify that. But if we don't do yeah. that, Catrell and I will figure something out to do uh, in between. Um, Maggie, what can you tell us about Film Hags, Meepleverse Return? What? Anything. Promote yourself. Uh, I mean, I guess I... I um... I guess I could promote film hags because yeah. <laughs> that, that'll start. That'll start again. I don't want to like promise anything because we keep changing what we want to do, <laughs> but we're pretty certain that we want to cover a series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about it. We have talked about episode. it on the show, but I was just going to let her keep <laughs> oh, you going. Have? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Boom has talked about it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well then it's yeah. Okay, then it's not a secret. Yeah, it was just funny well, watching you try and dance around Twilight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think we're gonna do Twilight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's I. I mean, I'm really excited for it because like I'm Twilight is very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And Jess and, or sorry, Boom and Sophie are not super familiar with it. Like, I don't even know if they like know what happens in it. So I'm so excited to go on this watching journey with them. They don't know the Valkyrie? Come on now. Oh, they don't, no, they don't know anything. (laughs) They've Um, never been to Italy? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even know what Italy is. I like the Twilight franchise. Like, I think it's fun to watch, but. (laughs) Hell yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I'm the only thing I'm bummed, but like. I'm not bummed about it. Of course, I always love Twilight, but um, I just feel like I've been watch. I've watched Twilight like four times already in the past year, and even when we I watched it, we were gonna record an episode like a month ago, and I had to watch it for that. And I was kind of like, okay, this is a bit too much like watching of Twilight in one year. And now <laughs> I, I know I'm gonna need to watch it again before <laughs> our first app. And like the amount of edibles I have to take is just getting like more and more with each watching. So Good. that's how it should be experienced. Yes. You know, <laughs> because there are some moments in that franchise. <clears throat> my Hilarious. Per- my personal favorite sequence is the night after <clears throat> they get married. Spoil. Spoilers for Twilight. Oh my god! The oh. night after Edward and uh, Bella get married, and they ha- they own this island in Brazil, or for whatever reason, of and course. then they just have the most ruckus sex maybe it's, ever on film that you it, never see. Like yeah. they don't they they kind of see them making out in the in the ocean, and then it cuts to the morning, and it's like it's it's like fucking the Tasmanian devil was in there, just absolutely running train on each other. It's uh, hilarious and. I really wish they just had filmed some insane sex sequence. And if it's on the cutting room floor, we need to see that immediately. I don't know if they could though, because like, I think like children or like teens watch it and like, that would just be kind of upsetting, I think. To <laughs> is see. there not? Yeah, but the theater of the mind. Is there a shot of them actually having sex? I don't think so. No, no, no. They're like naked in the ocean. But again, like, I kind of like, I know like Boom and Sophie are both going to listen to this and like, 
I don't want them to know, although this is oh. not a huge spoiler, but it's okay. No, we should Also, cut this I then. think that we should um do a Synonauts film hags like everyone together episode. Oh yeah. Let's do it. And oh, then we have a hag royale in it, and then the winners keep boom. Wait, no. Oh, I don't like this. Wait, I don't like this agreement at all. Hold on. I liked it no. up until that part. Winner keeps yeah, catcher. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give okay. that guy away. Who needs him? I'm kidding. Uh, that's we should do that. I agree. God, imagine a six person. Well, I guess it's five. No, it's How five. Many it's is it? Only five because Jess is in both. Yeah, we should do Has that. Has five ever been done? Five man podcast? I'm sure it's been done. I don't know. But we'll do it again. And we'll do probably it Probably never. We're we'll probably do it the better first. Than We're ever pioneers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Well, thank you, Maggie, for joining yep. us. This was, a, this was a great episode. This was a great time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. And I'm like, honestly, I'm honored to be on this pod. I've been like a fan from the beginning. The first app was Parasite. Oh, um, she's bringing the receipts. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm a fan. And no, I'm like so honored to be finally asked to be on it. It's been great. Cool. Well, thank you. It was great having you on. Uh, I'm awaiting my film hags callback. I guess you just did it. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, catcher, uh, yes. I will talk to you soon. Let me know if you figure out whatever you're going to do, if you do something for next week. But in the meantime, yeah. everyone, thanks for listening. Go listen to Film Hags, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.